Good afternoon. Welcome into the BetUS NBA show. It is Friday. Ready for a great show today. And yesterday, no NBA at all. So we got a nice little rest, recovery, uh, a day off from the association. Chris, how did that feel? Actually, actually felt kind of good. Maybe I'm being too honest about this, but like I could use some breaks from the NBA. You know, it's it's constant, uh, it's long season. So it kind of felt nice. I can't, I can't wait for the summer. Just, just, just get a little break from all this. I'm not, you know, I'm like, guys, I'm not saying I don't love the NBA. I love it. But <laughs> one day off, you, you could use it every now and then. So I felt like I got a nice little recycle going there. Um, and, now, and, and now I'm even ready, even more ready for more action. Alex, uh, did you catch any tennis yesterday? Did you read? I was kind of at a loss for what to do, but, you know, picked up a good book, headed down by the pool. It was nice. Uh, unfortunately, tennis was all wrapped up by then, but I, I was in the same spot. I mean, just out of, I guess, pure reflex, I sat down about 7, 7.30 and started clicking around. It's like, oh, that's right. There's no basketball. Watched hockey for a little while. There's this sport yeah. called baseball that people seem to like that makes yep. a lot. I wasn't very, wasn't big into that. But, yeah, I mean, I understand the one for a day off. I guess it was nice that I got to sleep at a reasonable hour, but I would have rather somebody been playing basketball. Yeah. Well, back tonight. Uh, and the game's Wednesday. We didn't have a chance to recap those Thursday because we weren't around yesterday for a show. But the Heat and the Suns both um, won that game. And so both of those series now are 2-0 uh, in favor of those teams. And both of those teams play tonight. So we're just going to jump right into things. We'll take a look at our overall record to kick things off. Uh, you two, to end the regular season, you guys were fairly close. Still fairly close, though, right? Yeah. I think Chris is, is pulled ahead of me. I'd, I had a lane last week, and I haven't honestly picked any games on the show in like a week anyway. So. And yeah, you had a whole week off, so that um, doesn't. If I could do better. Go in your. Yeah, you know, I want to compliment Alex for that though, because I know on Wednesday he didn't have any plays. Um, you know that's good, right? We, sometimes don't force plays, guys. If you don't like any angles, on the, you don't have to bet in the NBA one night. So I actually think it's impressive when a handicapper can do that because we we think that we have so much expertise. We love being right, blah, blah, all this stuff. Sometimes just, you know, let it, if you really don't have a strong case, just let it go. So kudos to you, Alex, for leaving potentially a loss off the board. There you go. All right, Alex, great job. Uh, we will turn our attention to the Heat and the Sixers. First game tonight, Sixers return home, down 0-2 to the Heat. Heat are a one-and-a-half point favorite tonight. Total here is 210-and-a-half, although this line did open up with the Heat, a one-point underdog. There has been news all afternoon about Joel Embiid possibly coming back. He's been cleared from concussion protocol and is doubtful for today's game, but that is actually good news for Sixers fans. Uh, because he was out. So Doubtful is actually a step closer to him playing than being rolled out, if that makes any sense at all. Alex, I know you don't want Joel Embiid tonight, but if he does play, what does this game look like? few things off the top. Upgraded to Doubtful. If you're looking for the name of an NBA show, podcast, whatever, feel free to take it. Just give me like a little piece of the pie when you sell it. Upgraded to Doubtful is just one of my favorite sayings, and it's... It sums up the NBA and the injury nonsense all in one beautiful little package. It doesn't package. make any but, sense, but it does if you know the projection. Well, it's, like, it's like Jumbo Shrimp. It's, but anyway, yeah. I, you're right. I don't want Joel Embiid to play. If 
God forbid something happened to him and, you know, you wear the mask, you should be okay. But if he gets hit in the head, it could really be a problem. And I just, I want him to finish this year healthy. The Sixers are in a tough spot. This is a tough matchup anyway. They're already down two games to none. So you would bring in Bede back, who still has a broken thumb, which is a huge problem. You need your thumb to hold on to the ball. And we'll be out there with a mask for the first time, trying to adjust to that. And he's played with a mask before. He had this injury before, played with a mask after resting for a couple of weeks, giving it a chance to get set, as opposed to coming back for a couple of days. It's just, it seems really dangerous here. But if he plays, it's a nice spot for the Sixers here. You look at Miami and the injury report, everybody's questionable. Not, I guess Butler and, and Bam, basically. Everybody besides them. Hero is questionable. Lowry, Caleb Barton, Strauss, who's had a nice couple games. P.J. Tucker, who's a big piece in this series. So it could be a nice spot for Philadelphia, but... It just enters so much uncertainty, and it's something we've talked about in these spots. You know, we've got the Sixers coming back. They're down 2-0, so everybody wants to bet them kind of on that zigzag angle. Miami Heat are missing a bunch of players. The Sixers haven't shot well from three yet, and Joel Embiid might be on the floor. There's a bunch of stuff floating around, but everything, honestly, to me, points to an over. Whether Embiid plays or not, I'm, I think we're having a little bit of anchor bias in the market. One of the things you see in the playoffs, whatever the closing price for the previous game is, is the opening price for the next. And for whatever reason, this series just hasn't been bumped yet. There is a much higher pace than the market total seems to imply. The shooting has been better. So I'm just going to keep it over us here. I know the first game went under, but you look at the shooting aberration for that game. It probably should have gone over more times than not. But with all the confusion going on, what I do know is I think we'll see a pretty quick game tonight, whether it beads in or not. There should be a bunch of points okay so whether Embiid's in or not Alex likes the over Chris whether Embiid is in or not what do you like in this game yeah I'm gonna take the heat full game in this one again and obviously you know Joel Embiid coming back could be I mean obviously it's gonna be a difference maker um, even if he doesn't play that well he could be a decoy right he can he can uh, at least allow the 76ers to mix things up a little bit on offense and take the ball out of Harden and Maxi's hands as much as it has been so it's not gonna be a bad thing no matter, you know, even if Embiid has a bad game. But um, I kind of love the angle that Joel Embiid is, you know, if he does play tonight, uh, I still like the Heat, and I, I, could, I could like the Heat even more, actually, because, you know, a very physical team in the Heat, right, who I don't, I don't think they're going to take it easy on Joel Embiid. And, and, you know, now he has the mask on. He already has the thumb. We saw him playing cautiously when he had those injuries before, uh, just the thumb, you know, and now to put on a mask, which he's worn before, but still it can't, can't be comfortable in any way. Um, and I just like a lot of the things that I'm seeing from the Miami Heat. You look at that first game, they were horrible from beyond the arc, 25%. But what did they do? They dominated in the paint. Of course, that's easier to do without Embiid. Um, but then the second game, they respond 48% from beyond the arc. They controlled that game in different ways, too. They, they can just hurt you in so many ways. And I love how they match up against the 76ers. I mean, look, if, if there's any spot, obviously, for – Game three, a team down 0-2, returning home. This is the spot for Philly. Um, I, I kind of like them early, so I think maybe some angles on Philly early is a good look. You know, coming out hot at home, Joel Embiid back especially. That I could see that. But a lot of these Miami Heat players that are, are questionable, I would imagine most of them would play tonight, you know, especially the Tyler Heroes of the world, et cetera. And there's not a lot that I dislike about the Miami Heat right now, even, even when they don't play their best basketball they're still finding ways to win and because they can beat you in so many ways. And Ol and Oladipo, the fact that he's coming back and looking as good as he is, he looks warmed up, he looks confident, a great game too after not doing much in game one. So if he's going to keep on playing like that, the Miami Heat are uh, even more formidable team. So 
I, I, I'm going to stick with the Miami Heat, but I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if the 76ers took this one. Miami Heat and what they're able to do in this series. I'm looking at the Sixers and what they're not able to do. So I'm going to play on the Heat tonight, minus one and a half as well. But it's because the Sixers have been awful. I mean, they're going to have to improve in a lot of categories if they want a chance to. Why is that funny, Alex? They are. They're not wrong. Yeah. If they want usually a just much nicer. What? <laughs> That's something I say. Usually you're much nicer. No, no, this is the playoffs. I, this is playoff hate. <laughs> We're not nice during the playoffs. Okay, the Sixers have been shooting 22, just under 22%. They're 14 for 64 uh, behind the arc in these first two games. That's awful. Uh, their role players have been completely absent. Danny Green, eight total points throughout those first two games. George Nang, five total points. He followed out in 10 minutes in game two. Uh, so he can't play defense to save his life. He's just a liability out there. And Matisse Thibel. Now, he's not like a huge offensive threat for the Sixers, but he's played 36 minutes, and he's only shot the ball three times. You got to shoot more than three times, at least just to help the flow of your offense. So if all those things go great tonight, I mean, maybe the Sixers have a chance, especially if Embiid is back. But I don't think Embiid plays tonight. I don't think these things turn around for the Sixers, and I don't think James Harden goes off for 40, which obviously if he does that, maybe the Sixers have a better chance, but I don't see that happening at all. So I'm going to play the Heat tonight, um, minus one and a half. Alex, what are, what are your thoughts? You're kind of like ooh and on and laughing at me, and I want to I want to know what you're thinking. Well, you must not have watched a lot of Sixers games. I mean, I guess Thibault maybe should shoot more than three times, but I'm not necessarily upset about that. He doesn't – so he averages, what, like five to seven shots a game? But he That has sounds three- high. Three shots throughout two games. Don't for your offense, for your spacing, for anything. Don't you need to at least do something? Uh, you would think so, but it's just when he's on the floor, he plays defense. Maybe gets a few like tip dunks and stuff like that. Will occasionally shoot an open three, but okay. uh, that's not his prowess per se. Are you worried about Danny Green and George Niang being absolutely atrocious on offense? <laughs> I more feel bad that they're expected to play this many minutes. With all due respect to Danny Green and George Niang, they're nice players for 15 to 20 minutes a night, not for 20 to 30 minutes a night. It's, I think it speaks to the whole sort of problem of the Sixers. As, as good as their top-end talent it is, they've wasted second-round draft picks and first-round draft picks for years. They haven't focused on giving enough minutes to these guys during the season. I mean, Paul Reed's a young player who, for some reason, is now finally just starting to play. He's a guy that, you know, any good coach would have been, all right, 20, once a week, here you go, Paul. You're going to play 20 minutes a night. We'll rest and beat a little bit. Go in there and kind of do your thing. There's just, there's been no planning all year to sort of build to this moment to train people to be ready for this kind of stuff. So here we are. Which is why you're a big fan of Glenn Rivers. Chris, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it, it, you know, the stock on Embiid only rises more too, right? I mean, I think if this team doesn't have Embiid and it's a hard, you know, everyone is there except for him, I don't, I don't think this is a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joel Embiid is just so great. I mean, and, and he attracts so much attention that, you know, teams like the, teams like the 76ers who are, are, are pretty darn good throughout their roster, but no one really stands out, in my opinion, not even James Harden at this point. And, you know, every, everybody gets maximized with someone like, Joel Embiid is on your team because he, you know, he can pass the ball, he can distribute, and when you got a big man up there who is able to attract so much attention, you talk about space creation, right? There's just so much more room for those uh, uh, creation of shots and for those outside shots. Uh, so 
you know, it's just a big Joel Embiid problem, I think, too, right? If he's not in, the 76ers are just a little, a tad inept. And maybe that um, the way the Sixers are playing now without him in adds to his case for MVP this year. I know the voting is already closed and they don't count the postseason in MVP voting. But, I mean, you talk about Jokic and he's the most important piece of his team. If he wasn't on that team, you know, the Nuggets would stink. Kind of the same thing for the Sixers that we're learning um, in this postseason without Embiid. So Chris and I both play in the Heat minus one and a half, and Alex is taking the over to ten and a half tonight in Philly. Head over to Dallas. The Suns play in the Mavs. This one is a pick'em. This line has kind of moved all over the place. It was uh, open with the Suns as an underdog, moved with the Suns as a favorite. Now we're pretty much even. Total here is two eighteen. Suns up two zero. Phoenix won game one by seven, won game two by 10, or 10, I'm sorry, by 20, rather. Uh, Chris, how are you looking at this game tonight? You know, I think I'm the uh, the last, or the, the sole Mavericks uh, defender on this show at this point, but that's okay. Uh, you know, we'll continue to ride that out at least a little bit more, I think. Uh, again, just like we said for the 76ers tonight, if there's any spot for any team to kind of show up and, and show the best version of themselves, you know, it's it's game three when they go back to their home court, when they're down 0-2, you know, backs against the wall. Um, and if you look at some of these marks by the Phoenix Suns in the first two games, I mean, they have been in- incredible. I mean, if the Phoenix Suns played this way against any team, they would kill them. Uh, and that's, you know, and that's what we're seeing. 57.5% from the field in games one and two and on average, 45% from beyond the arc. Uh, they're winning the rebound game by over, over 20 rebounds in that two-game span. Uh, the assist advantage, over 20 more assists in two games. Uh, just in almost every category, you're seeing the Suns dominate and dominate. So then you ask yourself, well, then, Chris, why the heck would you want to bet on the Mavericks tonight? Well, you know, part of me doesn't uh, because it's a little scary. But I think in the first half, at least, we've seen a Mavericks team who, until the Suns make those halftime adjustments, they're, you know, they're able to hang with the Suns. They're able to slow down the game a little bit. And a big part of that is Jalen Brunson for me. I mean, Brunson has only 22 total points in the first two games of this series. Um, he's shooting 31% from the field. He's not confident from three-point land either. You know, the Mavericks need Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson to both be aggressive, to both be confident, and to have good games in order to beat this Phoenix Suns team. You know, the Suns the Suns have done a great job at limiting all the other players, basically, except for Luka. Um, and, you know, Luka can't do it alone, as we know, right? I mean, this is the version of the Mavericks that we've seen in the past, where it's so much about Luka, and he's so, I mean, he's a brilliant player, uh, but they're not going to win a lot of games if that's the case. Um, you know, even players like Dorian Finney-Smith barely showed up in game two. I just expect in Dallas now, backs against the wall in the first half at least, we're seeing an interesting line here, right? Because the Mavs are favored in the first quarter and first half, and then full game is a pick em. Um, I think that makes sense. I like that the books are giving them some respect, right? Because, I mean, that shows that maybe my power ratings just aren't all over the place. The Mavericks do deserve some respect, uh, but I, I still can't take them full game because the Phoenix Suns team has been so good. Uh, but I, I do like the Mavs in the first half, so we're going to go with that at minus two today. I like that angle as well. I lean towards the Suns full game, but I haven't pulled the trigger on that yet. But I do like your look at the first half because basically the Suns have been allowing Luka to kind of do whatever he wants in that first half. They're like, hey, score as much as you want. You know, they're basically tiring him out in that first half, allowing him to get to his spots. 
whatever. I don't know if that's their actual game plan, but it sure seems like that's kind of what's been happening lately. And then in the second half, Luca's exhausted. He can't do it all, and he's got no help from Brunson or Dinwiddie or really any other of those role players. And so um, I think the first half is the way to play this game. Um, Alex, no, no play in this game for you, but any thoughts on how you would play it if you had a pick? A Phoenix or nothing for me. I mean, they've come out and kind of blown the doors off this Mavericks team twice. The score in the first game was a little bit closer, but at some point, I guess there has to be a shooting regression. They can't shoot 50% from the field for the entire series, but they have systematically attacked Luka Doncic. And I hope this is a moment as someone that watched Joel and B take abuse from the media for years about his body and his fitness and him not being in shape. I've always wondered why no one's pointed that out about Luka Doncic. Every season he comes in a little overweight and sort of plays himself into shape. And that's fine for the regular season. But when you get to the end of the year, you're just not in the shape you need to be here when teams, again, are systematically attacking you. And not that he's a bad defender, but it's one of the best ways to stop an offensive player. You saw teams do it with Steph Curry for years. We can't stop him on offense. All right, let's run through as many picks as we can. Let's get his legs tired. Let's try to take everything we can out of on the one end of the floor because it only helps on the other end. And uh, hopefully Luca takes all this, brings it home with him for the offseason, and, and finally starts to get serious, I think, about his overall fitness because he has all the tools. He really does, but you're right. In the second half of these games, I mean, he just looks exhausted. His face is bright red. He's, he's huffing and puffing. It's not what you want out of your star player. No, it is not at all. And offensively, I mean, he's putting up points, but the Suns targeted him 55 times in the pick and roll in game two. That's a lot. And Chris Paul was just destroying him every time uh, in the mid-range, which obviously like led to years their... older than him. Yeah. Uh, yes, it is Chris Paul's birthday today. He is 37 years old. Do we do we take a player prop or an assist prop for Chris? <laughs> just, you know, out of respect for the old age? Well, in tennis, you fade the birthday person. Usually they'll go out and party the night before, and maybe they're not as good. But Mr. Paul seems like someone who really is locked in. My guess is that you probably glean towards the overs. That's part of the reason I like Phoenix, honestly, to that. I feel like the locker room, those guys just seem to like each other, and they're probably not going to lose on his birthday. But we'll see. It's, it's certainly not an angle that I'm putting money on. Chris Paul probably has a gigantic stake in his stomach from last night's birthday dinner. Um, and if I, you know, listen, I'm no scientist or dietitian, but that can slow you down a notch. So I, I would bet, if anything, as I wave my finger at both of you, no, I would I would bet against uh, Chris Paul uh, probably going over that mark again, right? I mean, if, if Chris Paul is going to play like that along with Devin Booker and, and Ain, I mean, the Suns are almost impossible to beat. And um, to capitalize on, on Alex's point before, too, I wish there was a way to, like, measure stamina per team because I feel like the Suns would have to be top three, top five. Nobody on that team gets tired. Um, and it, it's really hard for any team to hang with that, especially a team as kind of lethargic as the Mavs can be. That's why Dinwiddie and Brunson need, need to bring the speed or else it's, you know, it's, not, it's just not even a competition at that point, right? You just kind of run them off the floor. Chris Paul had a massive steak last night. Is he a vegetarian? Is a vegan. Okay, there you go. So maybe, so maybe a massive slab of tofu. I, I'm not vegan. I don't know what you eat. It's a bunch of beans. Hopefully, hopefully, Luca takes them out for the beans and learns whatever the heck's going on. I mean, it's. <laughs> yeah. I forget. I saw That's, a tweet the other day. They they tweeted out all the names that were drafted in the year Chris Paul was, and like those guys have been retired for five years. It's unbelievable that he's out there at this age putting up 20 and 10. It's nuts. It, yeah. Very much so. All right, Chris is the only one with an official play in this game, taking the Mavericks first half minus two. 
head over to some questions here. Uh, can you touch? Well, we'll touch on Saturday's games in just a second, but let's continue with uh, these. Uh, Tawny back again. Danny Green has been playing like trash. Yes, he has. Thank you for um, um, seconding my take there. With that said, playing at home, do you think he could smash his player prop points of seven and a half and go over that? I mean, you're buying at an all time low. Yeah. Maybe he's three point overs because that's really all he does at this point is shoot yeah. open threes. Maybe he gets a tip in bucket or gets fouled occasionally, but it seems like all he ever does is shoot threes. So, again, this is the all time buy low point. The Sixers shoot much better at home. Their offensive rating, I think, ticks up like five or six, even without Embiid. When you compare those numbers, it's much better. So, it's again, in betting, you want to buy low, and boy, oh boy, this is the all time low, I'm sure. Chris, yeah, I, I feel like. No, I was going to say, I feel like his home road splits are, are probably, I mean, this is only anecdotal, but I would look those up because I, I in, in any Philly games that I've watched at home, I feel like Danny Green is nailing more threes than he is on the road. Mm-hmm. How about Bam Adebayo props tonight? I know we've talked about targeting those in the first two games. I actually love that because if Joel, if, if Joel Embiid plays, um, I expect them to try to pester him as early and often as possible, go on the front court. You know, be physical, uh, try to get him off the court early. I, I really like that angle. Yeah, let's keep it in BAM props. He's a great matchup for Embiid. I'd maybe be a little less hesitant if Embiid was on the floor because he'll have more to do defensively as opposed to the first two games where he's just kind of wandering around doing whatever he wants because he's not worried about DeAndre Jordan. So it's maybe a little less excited if Embiid's out there. But, yeah, if Embiid's out, keep going with the BAM props. In the Suns-Mavs game, Jay Crowder lit up threes last game. He was awful shooting in that first series, but has been great in the second series. So do we take the over points prop, eight and a half, for Jay Crowder tonight? Maybe. The Mavs. He just seems like a feast or famine guy. It's hard to figure out when he's going to shoot and when he's not, because he doesn't care about shooting. Totally, totally agree, but um, the, the, the Mavs can't seem to cover those uh, – corner threes that he always loves to take. I mean, you're going to have to start covering that, Dallas. Uh, you know, because, I mean, that is Jay Crowder's spot. So as long as they keep on allowing him to shoot those corner threes. Yeah, maybe this is similar to the Danny Green where you take his threes prop because that's kind of all Jay Crowder does is shoot threes. And according to Chris, not very good at covering those corner ones. Uh, let's take a quick look at Saturday's games. Over at BetUS, those lines are already posted. It's uh, Celtics, Bucks in Milwaukee. Bucks are minus two, and Grizzlies Warriors in San Francisco. Grizzlies or Warriors rather are seven point favorites. Alex, which of those games or both of them do you have your eye on? Any bets you've already put in? Give me the Bucks. I like the Bucks. I don't see any reason that they're not going to be great when they come home. It's a perfect bounce spot for them. The Celtics played way over their heads in game two. We know Marcus Smart is out, and the Bucs will get to be at home. And as the longer the series goes, the better it is for him. Give me the Bucs. Chris, you agree? Totally agree. Yeah, that, that is a historical, uh, you know, historically the Bucs love to clobber teams in that spot when they go back home. Uh, it's just a perfect setup for them. As far as the Warriors game goes, I, I, I'll just say this. I, th- I think that line is very sharp. I think, you know, I was I was looking to play on Golden State, but now it's getting up there to seven, seven and a half at some books, I believe. Um, you know, I probably not going to take that, right, because the Grizzlies can fight. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's I think that line is very sharp. I think the Warriors are going to look a lot better than they did in game two. 
Yeah, the, the Grizzlies aren't as good on the road as they are at home, but seven points, uh, that's quite a bit. I have no plays on that game as of yet. Alex, what do you think? It's a very strange series because I expect Golden State to win the series, but Memphis has been value in every single game. Um, they covered, I think, by the hook in the first game, covered easily in the second game, and part of the way I like to look at it is compare it to the Phoenix lines. Um, for whatever reason, Golden State has been a bigger favorite over Memphis in every situation than Phoenix has been over Dallas. That doesn't make any sense to me. The, the Dallas-Phoenix series is not closer than this Memphis-Golden State series. In fact, I'd have it flipped. So uh, it's when you start to compare those and think about what's going on, it, it feels backwards to me. So I've got Golden State to win the series and a few bets and things like that, but I bet, Golden, I bet Memphis every single game, and I probably will continue to do that. It's just this number looks like it's at least two points off. Do you think this line is is pretty long because Dylan Brooks is out for Memphis in Game Three after that flagrant foul on Gary Payton Jr.? Maybe I, I I would assume the market doesn't value him more than a point either way necessarily, and he's been pretty bad the first two games, so it might not be the worst thing in the world to get him off the floor. I mean, as good as I hear he is defensively, I've never seen anything to that credit, and maybe trying to get him off the floor just gets Memphis back to running, and this Golden State team doesn't necessarily like to do that, so. Again, I'll continue to back Memphis just simply because it looks like value to me as much as I think Golden State is the better team. All right. Uh, well, let's head over to our best bets for today. Two games, both teams up 2-0 in their series, the Heat and the Suns. Chris and I are both playing the Heat, minus one and a half. Alex is taking the over in that game. And then the only play in the late game tonight, Mavericks first half minus two. Chris is taking that. Well, gentlemen, that's all we have for today. Big weekend of uh, basketball to make up for nothing yesterday. So sit back, relax, enjoy the weekend. Anything on tap? Chris? Yeah, is horses. It, is, oh, yeah, horses, exactly. Is it one of the best days in all sports tomorrow? We got the Derby. You got the Premier League if you're a soccer guy or gal. You got um, a huge UFC card, NBA playoffs, hockey playoffs. Come on. Alex is not UFC. All day long. And there's a hundred percent horses chance all day. <laughs> I watch horses all day today. I'm going to watch horses all day tomorrow. Maybe sprinkle some basketball in. You've got the Kentucky Oaks coming up. And I'm not going to give it any picks because all I do is lose money betting on horses. But damn, is it fun. <laughs> it's the only sport where you can put down 25 cents and win like, you know, uh, four, 40 grand sometimes. I mean, it's crazy. So yeah. why not? Why not throw a few cents on there? Yeah. There you go. Sprinkle it around a couple different, couple different horses. All right, that's all we have for you today. Uh, give us a like, hit that alert button, give us all a follow on Twitter. Chris at Farley Betts. I am at K Constable. Alex is at underscore noops. Have a great weekend, and we will see you back here on Monday.